We are back with your favorite podcast or second favorite if Hot Takes is your favorite, I understand. But we're back. I know that it is. I yeah. know that it okay. is. You don't have to. Okay. We get it. You're better. Damn. Damn right. Down and Dirty Back, season one, episode eight. That says seven. I just never changed it. Episode eight. And what an idiot. Yeah. Uh, little sports news around the world real quick. Uh, LeBron James signs a two-year contract extension worth 85 mil. Everybody wondering why I didn't sign four. It is because they're trying to get Giannis Antetokounmpo to come play. Um, other news, I don't have it written, but Kentucky is one and two in basketball, and Tennessee is undefeated. Oof. Big L's for Kentucky. Sucks to suck. You're not even a basketball school anymore. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., Indiana quarterback, out for the year. Was it a torn ACL? Is that yes. Torn his ACL. Indiana's in trouble. Ryan Day has tested positive for COVID-19. I uh, don't know what this means for Ohio State moving forward, but it means they're not going to play this week, so that's a... That was... I, I don't know if he's still out for this week, but I know he was last week. I think that... Are they... I thought they were playing this week. Are they? I, I don't know. I so. I think they're playing Illinois this week. I hate Ohio State. I don't give a shit about Ohio State, if I'm being honest. Um, Derek Mason gone at Vandy. Um, me and you have talked about this before, uh... We both think Derek Mason is a very good coach. He's just had a bad situation at Vandy. I kind of meant to bring this up on my show a minute ago. You know, I don't see it being out of the possibility that maybe T. Martin or Derek Ansley takes the Vanderbilt job. Like, be in in genuine consideration for it. Mm -hmm. If Ansley takes it, that's a trade I would make there. Yeah, I would take Derek, Derek Mason, Mason as, as a defensive, defensive coordinator. coordinator. Yeah. Um, just with the way that he motivates his players. If not Derek Mason, then uh, there basically there are three people that I would like to be our defensive coordinator next year. One, Will Muschamp. Yeah. Two, Derek Mason. Three, Derek Ansley. Yeah. One of those three guys. Yep. Give me one of them. Yeah, we'll take take all three. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, South hey, Ka- I would take all three. Yeah, by God, yeah, on our defensive staff, you better believe yeah, I'd yeah, take all that'd three. That'd be dangerous, dude. Our defense would never like give up another yard if we had Derek Mason, Will Muschamp, Jeremy Pruitt, and Derek Ansley as our defensive staff. We would never give up another yard, and our recruiting would be out, out this out world. The it world. would be ridiculous. Um, South Carolina has shown interest in former head coach Butch Jones. And uh, me and Josh both agree on this one. We th- both think Butch Jones would have a very, I don't want to say super I, yeah, successful. I don't want to say, I, when I said earlier that I think he'd be good, I don't mean that I think he'd be, like, necessarily successful. He could maybe be successful by South Carolina standards, but we know that he's a good coach, um, you know, or a good recruiter, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not a good coach, a good recruiter. And uh, he can get the guys that he wants. Um, the problem is their development once they're there and their utilization once they're there. Yeah. Uh, such as the way that we used uh, Alvin Kamara and John Kelly in 2016 when we should have had a chance at a national championship Yeah. Um, when you look at that roster. But the fact that he was able to assemble that roster bodes well for him. And yeah. I, mean, I, think that, I think that at a school like Vanderbilt or South Carolina, he could be semi-successful and – if he was to go to um, a Big Ten school, I think he could possibly be a national champion. Yeah, I mean, it's just he's just not. That's that's a school that needs to look at Butch Jones. Illinois yeah. is probably going to have an opening. Illinois should look at Butch or Jones. Penn State if they fire James Franklin. 
See, my problem, the thing I feel, the way I feel about Butch Jones is that he can't do it on a big stage. Um, you have that all the time. I mean, there are guys who are really good players, but they go to a school. So, um, Nick Stevens from Tennessee, he was a quarterback. He was not good at all. Um, Nathan Peterman, take Nathan Peterman, for example. That's a good example that everybody understands and knows. Nathan Peterman at Tennessee was booty. Yeah. He leaves, goes to uh, Pittsburgh with Jim Chaney and plays in the NFL. Um, just moving to a different, like, smaller stage is really beneficial for a lot of people. And I think Butch Jones can win, but I don't think he can do it on a big stage like at a Penn State. And I think there would be way too much pressure for him if he were to go to a Penn State. Because, for one, they've been very successful previously. Um, James Franklin wasn't successful on the big stage. He was a successful head coach, but hasn't been on the big stage to this point. Hasn't been able to beat um, uh, Ohio State. Has had trouble with Michigan, even though he beat them this year. And lost to Indiana, who's now ended up being a really, really, really good football team. Yeah. Um, And then you add on top of that, Butch Jones was basically James Franklin at Tennessee. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, he was at he was at a Central Michigan and had a lot of success at a school that had never really had much success before. Mm-hmm. Did the same thing at Cincinnati. Um, even though Cincinnati had kind of been there with uh, Brian Kelly, and he was good at Cincinnati, and then he left Cincinnati, came to Tennessee, who had been down for a while and needed somebody to resurge them. Kind of the same exact thing for uh, James Franklin. So in 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 a in a long answer there, I don't think he could be successful at Penn State. However, Michigan, which I think is a real possibility, even though that's a big big school, I think if he was at Michigan, he could maybe succeed. Yeah. Um, I think he could succeed at a place like Illinois, uh, Indiana. Even though Indiana is not going to have a coaching change for a very long time, yeah, Tom Allen's going to be at Indiana for a while. For a good while, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think if you're Vanderbilt, you're dumb if you don't at least call Butch Jones just to see oh, where yeah. his head's at. Oh yeah, because he I could mean, like, come. Hey, 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 Butch, uh, how 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 do you feel like about the Vanderbilt head coaching job? Because, for one, he's going to get notable recruits to come play for you. Because he is a hell of a recruiter. And they can pay him whatever the hell they want. Yeah, because he's looking for another head coaching job. Well, but I'm saying, like, as far as money goes, like... They have it. They can, they've got it. Yeah, Derek Mason was um, not on a big, heavy contract. And and you're not going to go get a big name because it's Vanderbilt. Yeah. I think Butch Jones is maybe the biggest name you can get. Yeah, and... Really, if Butch goes in there and wins six not, games. Not that you can't afford a big name. It's just that nobody wants to be there. Yeah, Hugh Freeze is not going to come to Vanderbilt. No, not, Go, a, not a chance. I mean, you might be able to get Muschamp, but I don't know why you would. I would take I would take Butch Jones over Muschamp as a head coach at I Vanderbilt. Don't, I don't really think Muschamp would want that job. No. Um, I think but Will Muschamp would have to search far and wide. He would have to check with every high school in the country and see if any of them wanted him first. And yeah. Then he might. And Tennessee wants him on their defensive staff. So absolutely, they're friends. Yeah. Uh, Coach Pruitt and Will Muschamp. I talked about it um, on Twitter a couple weeks ago, and I don't know if I brought it up on either one of our shows, but there is there was earlier in the year before the Tennessee Alabama game, um, Coach Pruitt was doing vol calls, and 
he was laughing. They asked him what he was laughing about, and he said that Lane Kiffin sent him a funny text in their group chat because there was a group chat of all of Saban's former assistants. There is a group chat out there that has Lane Kiffin, Jeremy Pruitt, Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, amongst others. That's awesome. Jimbo Fisher. That's so cool. Like, all those guys are in a group chat together. That's, that's so cool. That's dope as hell. Yeah, that is awesome. I think that's incredible. Yeah, that's so cool. If I could be, just like, not actually say anything, but just like, read that group chat. A like, hoop. you know how when you're in a group chat as a normal human being, um, you get messages from your group chat. I do it to you guys on the Hot Takes group chat all the time. I send a message and every, and nobody replies to it because you're just like, uh, hell, I don't want anything to do with that. If I was in that group chat, it would be the greatest thing in my life. <laughs> yeah. I would, like, if they wanted my opinion, I would reply to everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. They wouldn't because, you know, I'm a 20 year old college but I'm student. But I'm saying, like, I'm still not, I'm still probably not going to comment on anything, but just to, like, see it would yeah. make my day. I feel yeah. like Blaine Kiffin's just funny as hell when, I do too. when nobody's listening to what the hell he's yeah, saying. Yeah, I bet he said some of the dumbest shit. Like, you th- do you think they watch, like, TikToks and just, like, send it to each other? <laughs> just be like, dude, look at this shit. <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt, Jeremy Pruitt gets a TikTok. It comes in. Lane Kiffin has sent a TikTok. He looks at it and he said, what is that? What is this TikTok? What does this even mean? <laughs> what is that? I thought I thought the TikTok played a great game offensively. No. Uh, but, yeah, I think if you're South Carolina, give Butch Jones a call. And if you're Vanderbilt, uh, you should have probably already called him by now. But uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with some Tennessee football news. So stay here and be ready for more. The Down and Dirty podcast is brought to you exclusively by Hot Takes. Tune in to our podcasts at hot takes on spotify uh apple podcasts and many others and find us on twitter at hot takes 98 check us out all right we are back with more down and dirty season one episode seven a little bit of tennessee football news jg has been in quarantine since we got back from auburn is that right we think we think allegedly allegedly it's him uh if your coach says he's not going to name anybody and then reporters see Maurer, Shrout, and Bailey at practice and JG's the only one not there for a straight week and a half, it's probably not Maurer, Bailey, or Shrout. It's probably your guy who's missing. Um, unfortunate news here. Uh, Kevon Bennett made a dumb decision and decided to deal drugs and have an unregistered firearm in his car. And when stopped by a police officer, Kevon Bennett refused to cooperate, so the officer decided to search his car, found, like, 48 zip bags and, like, a pound of marijuana. It, it was a lot of marijuana. I didn't look at the police report. Oh. As far as I understood from Twitter, it didn't seem like there was too much weed. Like, there wasn't really enough weed that if he had gotten caught with that alone, that he would have really had that big of a problem there. But the problem was he had the scale and everything else that he needed to be a drug dealer. Yeah. Which is what he is. And the unregistered firearm didn't look good in his in his favor yeah, either. That's also not good. But if you just show the police officer your license and registration, you talk None a little of that bit. Happens. I mean I'd I'd much rather have a hundred hundred dollar ticket than a uh kicked off the football team that was gonna get you to the NFL. And and I would like to see him come back at some point, but we know for sure that it's not gonna be this season. That's really tough for Kevon, and I think that Coach Pruitt handled it well. I've got the statement here. 
he said, Kavon's been dismissed from our program following a traffic stop earlier today, yesterday. Uh, there's a standard our student athletes are expected to uphold at UT, and today's incident fell far short of that standard. Yeah, I mean, if you're Kavon, we talked about this on Hot Takes. I was just, I was stupid. Uh, you're setting yourself up for a great career here. You were leading the team in tackles for losses and sacks. You had a, you just come off a great game against Auburn, and you're not starving for money. Your dad played in the NFL, and you don't need money because you get everything handed to you at Tennessee as far as a football. Not saying they don't earn it, but like, – Right, it, it, it's earned, but you still have it. Yeah, like, it's part of the Tennessee football team. You have food. You have you have a home. You like. You're not needing – You have clothes. Yeah. Like, you have like sixty thousand. You may not have fancy clothes, but you have Tennessee stuff that other people don't get, yeah. and you also get a stipend every year. Yeah, and you also, if you need a suit for the vol walk, they supply the suit. Like they're not, they're not stingy with our football players. So you have it, and we ain't even doing vol walks right now. No, so you don't even need a suit for that. I know, That's stupid. Uh, Another, if you want to hear more about what we said about that, go listen to Hot Takes. We really dove deep into the yeah. Kevon Bennett conversation. Don't want to waste time here and talk about the same thing over again, be like a broken record. But. Yeah, it's it's just a crappy situation. But, yeah, definitely go listen to Hot Takes about that. Um, Terrence Lewis and Demarius McGee announces decommitment. Uh, they both said that the Vols are still number one in their hearts. I, gotta, I said this on Hot Takes. I didn't even know who Demarius McGee was until they said he decommitted, and I was like, Darn. Apparently he's like uh, a four-star he's, corner. He's a four-star corner. Yeah. I looked him up and everything. Um, seems legit, but I don't. I didn't know who he was before he decommitted. To be completely honest with you, uh, I think Terrence Lewis was the biggest like oh shit name for us. Yeah, that's tough. But again, like I said on hot takes, I think that that's really a good thing for us. It solidified the commitment from a bunch of guys that are really important to us: Caden Salter, Dylan Brooks, Katron Evans. Um, Aaron Willis. Aaron Willis. So, I've, and uh, Isaac Washington as well. Yeah. So, I think that's a good thing. And I think that we have a, like, 90% chance of Terrence Lewis coming back. Yeah. So. I think, like you said, he felt disrespected when they took his fifth star away. And that's not Tennessee's fault, but he wanted to kind of. He wanted that fifth star. I mean, there's nothing wrong with well, that. And like I said on there, too, I mean, he didn't get. Tennessee was the first school to really pay a lot of attention to him. Mm-hmm. Despite being a five-star, he wasn't getting attention from anybody. Um, he's from right around Miami, and Miami didn't offer him until very, very, very recently. Yeah. Um, I think that in the long term, in the long run, gave Miami a better shot at him because they were more successful when they offered him. But at the same time, he said before that he wasn't very interested in Miami because of the way that they that they handled that recruitment. So. Um, I don't really know what else he has on the table, what other offers he has. Um, but Tennessee did the same thing last year with Malachi Weidman, Jimmy Holiday. You know, those guys were very much, well, I won't say very much, but they were soft commitments to the schools, um, that expected them to be there. Like, uh, Jimmy Holiday was, I'm pretty sure 99% of people were convinced that he was going to TCU. And then all of a sudden there was this buzz about an hour before his commitment that he was a guy that we should look out for. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why are we looking at this six foot quarterback from Mississippi? That's a three star. Like who cares? I know that he's fast and everything, but who really gives a damn? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he committed. And I was like, 
oh shit like yeah. oh we really like pulled the stops out on that one we yeah. got that guy um, and same thing with malachi weidman but malachi weidman there wasn't even buzz um he just all of a sudden they were like uh all right uh four-star wide receiver and basketball player malachi weidman is committed to the university of tennessee for both sports i was like what yeah Th- that guy was committed 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 to florida state until signing day and that's the thing you have to understand these recruits are deciding where they're going to go to college for the rest, like for their college careers. So, and they're 18. Most of them are 18. So you don't know what you want to do. The real recruiting situation. Like they haven't had yeah. real recruitment. They've not had in home visits. They've not had dinners with coaches. They've not had games where they went to go see how good the fan base is. And really that's Tennessee's selling point. When the, when the recruits come to the games, that is when we flip them is when they see the, the packed stadiums, how loud we are for it could just be like wanting to see that attention. Yeah. Because he doesn't know what our fan base is really like. No. So if he says that and everybody jumps on him and they're like, fuck you, you're just, <laughs> you're a piece of shit. We didn't want you anyway. Then he's yeah. like, okay, well, I didn't really want to be there anyway if that's how everybody's going to be. Yeah. But if he says that and everybody does what I have seen, there, well, there have been two responses to it, three responses. Media responses. Damn it! I hate Pruitt responses. And man, I hope the best for you. I hope you, uh, hope you go somewhere and uh, have a lot of success. And really hope that it's here. Like, I, I said a combination of those two. I said, "Damn it, Pruitt!" But hey, pick where you want to go. Make the decision best for you, buddy. Uh, cheers to you. I mean, honestly, I'm not one to even complain about a recruit. And we said on the show, people who want to be here will be here. We said that about Henry of yeah. all people. Yeah. Uh, the best player on our defense, probably. Yeah. If, so if we feel that way about Henry, we definitely don't give a damn about a recruit who doesn't want to be here. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I want all the recruits and all the guys who are going to be good and play here. That's important. But at the same time, if you don't want to be here, then that's it doesn't matter how good you are. If you don't want to be here, you're not going to play your ass off. So that's yeah. what we need. That's what we're lacking. So if you aren't going to do it, then don't come here. And and for the fans that are like, well, I don't care if he doesn't want to be here. He's really good. That's just okay. But that's part of the culture problem we have here. And that's part of. I mean, you saw guys who didn't want to be here be a problem for us in the past. You should learn your lesson at this point. Like, yeah. You should understand why that's important. I can't. I'm trying to remember the name. There's just one guy that. Who was it? Who was it that didn't want to be here but was here and he was just causing all sorts of shit? Somebody that played for Butch Jones. I don't know what you're talking about, but... Was it Hurd? Hurd was well, just... Jalen didn't really want to be here at that point, but that didn't have to do with the school. It had to do with Butch Jones. Yeah. I mean, I still say if we play Hurd at wide receiver and Kamara and Kelly at quarter well, at running back... that's we... the problem. He wanted to play tight end, which is few and far between, really. I mean... How many kids come to a coach and say, hey, man, I'd really like to play tight end? No one. When they're a marquee running back, come to the coach and say, hey, man, I think our offense could be better if you played me at tight end and AK at starting tailback. Yeah, he gave up his starting spot. What an idiot. Yeah. Not Jalen, Butch Jones. Yeah. What an idiot. You basically just got handed a running back at receiver tight end. Like, you could have hybrid the shit out of that and ran so many awesome plays with him. But you wanted to be ignorant. Butch was like, no, I recruited you as a running back. But if South Carolina or Vanderbilt is listening, you want that guy. He's really good. <laughs> he at least recruited Jalen. He yeah. got him there. So. Just mismanaged him. But, hey, 
If South Carolina and Vanderbilt is listening to see who they should hire from our podcast, then fuck you. That's probably <laughs> why you're not good at football because you're listening to a 20 year old and a 22 year old. But just in case you are listening, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Up yours, buddy. Uh, but yeah, back to Terrence. Um, if you're listening for some reason, best best of luck to you, dude. Uh, make your decision, make it proud. Make sure. I mean, he. It's a big decision. It has to be a very educated decision. Uh, Tennessee plays Florida this week, and Josh, I'm gonna let kind of. I have a couple questions I'm gonna ask you, and then I'll give my take. Bring them on. How different do you think Tennessee's offense looks with Harrison Bailey under center as opposed to Jarrett Garantano? Um, in general, we don't know, but also better. Uh, honestly, not much different to this point from what we've already seen. Nothing. There is no difference, really. Um, when Harrison has gotten into the game, he's done basically the same thing that we've seen Jarrett do. Um, they're a little more willing to throw the football with Harrison. But um, he's still just doing the checkdowns and making little mistakes here and there. That's a little different than um, J- uh, JG. He hasn't turned the ball over um, other than the two fluke interceptions against Arkansas, which, I mean, if if you're concerned about that, you're an idiot. Yeah. Uh, the one was pass interference, and the other one was – Oh, shit, there's eight seconds it was, left. It was technically a 50-50 ball. But it was really a 75-25 ball that he threw to the end zone that we never had a chance of. Yeah. and or, if, Well, I mean, maybe we had a chance of catching and scoring a touchdown or whatever, but we didn't have a chance in the game. And it was kind of just a lackluster, let's throw it up and see what happens. And um, it got bobbled around and intercepted. And so. if you're mad about that interception and you're not mad at Jade – and you're if you're not mad about – hold on. If you're mad about that interception and you're mad at JG for – taking a sack instead of throwing the ball up in the air. You need to decide what you want out of our quarterbacks <laughs> because he could have took a sack, but he threw it up in the air, but you got mad at JG for not throwing it up in the air. So That's that's the first time this year that I've been like legitimately like angry at Jarrett Garantano is that possibility for a Hail Mary at the end of the first half of the Auburn game, and he just – didn't <laughs> yeah even even jeremy banks was on the sideline was like why didn't you throw it <laughs> like what do you he's I, a, he's watched a, that, I watched that and my jaw stayed dropped for a good minute i was like what just happened what why did he do that yeah like that was the time you have awareness of somebody chasing you really like out of Seriously. all the other times you're not gonna throw the ball but no sorry i didn't just, mean to interrupt you. no no you're not interrupting me you, you said what i thought like just throw the damn ball away and throw it again the next time like, yeah what the hell are you doing if nobody's open, that's one thing. But also, if nobody's open, it's a damn Hail Mary. They're not, how, they don't have to be open. How open are they going to be when they're just running seams and everybody knows what they're doing? Just throw the damn football. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. So, uh, offense kind of looks the same, in your opinion? Um, I think Bailey's maybe a little bit better of a decision maker. Not much. Yeah. Not much. Especially, just because of how young he is and everything. Mm-hmm. It's not, not a knock on him as a player. Just, I don't think there's a lot of a difference there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when, when he was in, he made a lot of check down passes and things like that. I don't think there's a huge difference. 
Yeah, uh, I think what we run is not going to be different, but I think how we run it is going to be different. Yeah, and I feel like we have a little more pep in our step. Yeah, and I feel um, like our, the play action is going to be there a lot more because Florida's going to think, okay, there's a freshman quarterback, they're probably going to run the ball, and I think that's going to give us some some advantage. There's an advantage. I know, that, I know that the way that we see JG now is that everybody's not responding to him being in, which is true, but – Previously, like when Dormady was in, Dormady was the JG and JG was the Bailey. So when we got Bailey in, it was like everybody was way more excited to see that. Like and, like on the field, those guys were more excited and, and just ready to do what they needed to do um, in, a, in a different sense than, than before. Yeah, um, in 2017, I think I was one of the only fans that was okay with sticking with Dormady. Only because a lot of his pass, yeah, you are. <laughs> a lot of his interceptions were passes that our receivers probably should have caught. Like especially the three against Georgia, two just, of them were just jump balls, and he just didn't belong here. There, there was no reason that Quentin Dormady ever should have been at Tennessee. Yeah, he was a pro style quarterback. He got dangled in front of us, and we thought, oh, that guy's good at football, but he wasn't a scheme fit. He wasn't a system fit. Yeah, if if the tables had been turned and Pruitt was the head coach then, Dormady would have fit perfectly in his offense. It would have been beautiful. Mm -hmm. But it was a spread offense, which requires a quarterback to run. That didn't go well. Um, He was slower than Christmas, among other things. Do you remember that 20-yard run he had on his one play against South Carolina? With a (laughs) fucked-up shoulder? Dude, J.G. gets his helmet knocked off. Everybody's been told for weeks that the reason that J.G.'s starting is because Quentin Dormady can't play. Like, literally is too injured to play. They bring – J.G. gets his damn helmet run knocked off. And normally, if you have a guy in that is, A, hurt, or, B, not good enough to play the game, which Quentin Dormady was both, you're going to – like, if if right now we're in a game and Harrison Bailey has his helmet knocked off or he gets hurt and has to come out for a play and you have to put J.G. in, you're going to hand the ball off to Eric Gray. Yeah. They want a read this option. This son of a bitch <laughs> calls a read option play with a dude that has a fucked up shoulder. And can't, can't run in the first place. Can't throw the ball. <laughs> he can't throw the football. That's how bad his shoulder is. <laughs> he can't throw the ball. He can't lift it over his head. Oh, and this God. son of a bitch says, oh, our, our starter got his helmet knocked off. All right, Quentin, you go in there and run a read option. The fuck? What are you doing? What are you doing? This man and he, and it worked. He ran twenty yards. Probably yeah. the best play call of Butch Jones's career. But what in the hell? And honestly, like Dormady, what? Like it, looking back at it now, it was a smart play to keep the ball. But no, it was not. With, <laughs> it was stupid. no. I mean, he got twenty yards. But like, why did you not hand it off? It was John Kelly. We had three quarterbacks. One of them had a fucked up shoulder, and it was that guy. Yeah. And then Dummy. the other one was they were trying to redshirt. So what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Um, moving on, uh, Florida, obviously the big story on for Florida this season has been the Kyle Trask and Pitts connection. Uh, do you think for Tennessee to win this game, do you think it comes down to us stopping Kyle Trask, or do you think our offense is just going to have to outscore Florida? Like we're just going to have to keep up with them offensively. You're not going to – Okay. In the NFL, it's been talked about for a long time, like when you play against 
Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. They're the best quarterback in the NFL at their respective times. Kyle Trask right now is the best quarterback in college football. Joe Burrow last year was the best quarterback in college football. You don't go into a game against Joe Burrow or Kyle Trask and say, this is what we're going to do to stop him because you're wrong. doesn't yeah. matter what you say, you're wrong. You're not going to stop a guy like Kyle Trask. You can't. The only thing you can do is hope that you can keep him in check. Um, I don't know how we're going to do that. I don't. I don't even have the first clue of how we would do that. Yeah. Um, like I said on your show, I'm not a defensive guy. So, well, not even, not even that. Like, just in general, like I don't know what he does poorly because that's what you do with a guy like Peyton. Like Peyton can throw the ball all day, can't really run. So you send the blitz and make him try to be agile and move around. He's that's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 your way to do that. Um, you know, with Drew Brees, he's a, he's a short pass kind of guy. Same thing with Tom Brady. They're, they're check down ish kind of guys a little bit better than JG. And it's actually called, you know, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, like a check down kind of pass guy. So you're going to cover the short pass and make them try to throw deep Mm -hmm. when they're not going to be able to do that very well, you know? With Kyle Trask, he can throw the ball short. He can throw the ball long. If you blitz him, he can get away from it. He can run. He can throw on the run. I, I don't know what he's bad at. Um, so, for I, I don't really think you can stop him. I don't really know how you can keep him in check. And we, I talked about it on my show. The slant has been the most dangerous thing to Tennessee defenses all year long. Um we can't guard that, and this is the best slant duo in the country. Yeah. Um, maybe ever. And so we got to find something that stops that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I've been saying that the whole time. A QB spy in the middle of the field could stop that every time. Yeah. Now, if you do, if you take that away from them, you're giving them something else, sure. But if that's been our biggest problem to this point, that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Make them beat you some other way. Yeah, and I had this... and and to answer your second part of the question, yes, we have to we have to like I don't know how exactly you put it, but basically outscore them. Yeah, and obviously, like yes, you have to score more points than they do to win, but like you have to out. Yes, we would have to outscore them. Yeah, our offense would have to keep up yeah. for sure. However, wherever they're at, mm-hmm. that's where we need to be. Yeah, and uh, another yeah. thing with that. Um, I don't know why we don't just put Henry on a QB spy every play against them. Well, that's, like I said, I mean, you're yeah. taking away something. Yeah, but that's you the thing that beats some, us. It, it has to be somebody else doing that. Like, yeah. Henry doing that is not helpful. Like, that's your best pass rusher, especially with Kevon now done. Good point. Um, See, I'm, I'm fine with being wrong. I love. I actually would rather be proved wrong in that way. And somebody's being like, no, you dumbass. This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I forgot about Henry coming, Henry, Henry coming from the middle is going to be your best way to get to the quarterback at this point. Um, we have a lackluster defensive line. DeAndre's good, but now his tandem partner is not there. So they're going to be able to double-team DeAndre and not worry about the other side because there isn't another side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe you move up Jeremy Banks or Corvaris Crouch to that position because it's kind of an outside linebacker spot anyway. At that point, it depends on who's who's there, like who's playing. Because yeah. I don't really know what our setup would be there uh, now that we don't have Kevon. Um, 
for me, I think I would put Jeremy Banks at that defensive end outside linebacker type scenario. Yeah. Um, Quavo at um, inside linebacker. uh, Tank – or Tank. Uh, Henry at inside linebacker. Hank is what I was going for. I was thinking of Jalen McCullough Tank. Um, DeAndre on the opposite side. Um, Maybe one nose tackle and then bring in another linebacker. So you're kind of playing like a like a two five, yeah. Um, two linemen technically, but DeAndre's going to blitz every time, um, and you're probably going to get a blitz every once in a while from Henry or Quavo. And if Henry's not blitzing, then yeah, that's fine. But you also have to have another situation. Um, you know, I don't really know how good at pass coverage Quavo is going to be. I mean, he can knock that guy out when he's coming across the middle. But you also don't want to make that situation occur either because right now you have Jeremy Banks out there in my scheme. You have Jeremy Banks out there at that defensive end position. Well, if you if you set up Quavo to make that play, you're asking for a targeting. Yeah. And if you get Quavo kicked out of the game, who's next in that line? Uh yeah. Jeremy Banks. So who's going to that that defensive end? God yeah. knows at that point. So I think I think if you're But you gotta find somebody to do it. I think Tyler Barron is probably our best chance as far as that position because he's played yeah, that position. He's played that position in high school. He's played that outside linebacker well, I mean, being in hybrid he's position. This year too. Yeah. Uh, so I he think he just hasn't been the outside guy. Um you know, he kinda he was the defensive end, but I I mean, yeah, I guess that would be probably the better option. You could put Jeremy Banks in the middle yeah. there and make that spy. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying anything you said it was, like, a bad way to do it. Well, I, I mean, I appreciate it. I just forgot about Jeremy ba- or, uh, Tyler, Tyler Barron. I just think Tyler, he played that position in high school, so he's familiar with it. He's not got to play that hybrid because, obviously, you wouldn't replace Kevon Bennett at the point that he was doing. And also, I would blitz every time. Yeah, I would have five rushing every time. Have, Who cares? Have seven back because one on one, we have good athletes inside. Like we have good athletes. You can't let Kyle Trask just stand back there and throw. Yeah, you got to get like to him. when I say every time. First of all, I'm standing like eight on the first play of the game because they're never going to expect that. No, and they may take a shot and score, and they'd be like, "Oh damn! Well, we let them score. Uh, now we're playing from behind. It is what it is." But like that first play of the game, when they go out there, I'm sending eight guys trying to come after yeah. uh, Kyle Trask and just get in his face. Uh, you might hit him and he's and he's hurt or something, or, or maybe his his up. helmet maybe his helmet pops off and they have to put Emory Jones in. And he throws a pick. Like who knows? Like, yeah, all kinds of. Crazy you have to create catastrophe in a game like this. Like you have to create something that's going to throw Florida off their Just regular make it game harder plan for them to win than it's already going to be. Yeah, because they're going to come into this game like like obviously it's Tennessee Florida rivalry. I quote a quotation rivalry because we've not really been relevant in this series for a while. Um, Minus the win against six, in 16, we've really not won since 04. So it's not really been our rivalry. But with Trask, you have to find a way to make him uncomfortable. Obviously, Emory Jones is a great quarterback. So if we take Trask – I mean, I'm not saying go take Trask out because that's just, that's just not how we do things. Um, but with a quarterback like Kyle Trask, he's going to beat – he can beat you, like Josh said, in every way possible. So you have to be able to go in and – 
disrupt him, create catastrophe, create chaos, create something that he's not going to like, create something that he's not going to be used to seeing from any other defense. Blitz your corners, blitz your safeties, blitz your linebacker, blitz a lot, throw different looks at him. You have to shake it up because with a quarterback like Kyle Trask, he's a sophomore really because this is really his only second year, like actually first year being a full starter, second year actually playing. He's a sophomore with the mind of a senior. Like, he is a very smart, mature quarterback. So you have to throw things that he would not normally expect you to, like, be thrown at him. If Sean wasn't kicked off the team, Schamberger. Yeah. Uh, well, technically. A- academically he's not dismissed. Well, he hasn't been dismissed either. He's just, in the words of Coach Pruitt, he is focusing on academics. Yeah, which means. He got kicked off the team. Yeah. And um, if you had him, that would be a great person to put in that kind of spy yeah. spot. But it can't. No. Um, Keyshawn Lawrence might be your best bet at that spy position. Because we, yeah, or move move one of the other guys that's back there. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see Trayvon kind of take that up because Trayvon's a hell of a tackler. Trayvon's a guy that is going to cover well, though. Yeah. You're not really relying on anybody in that position to cover well. You could put McCullough. He can cover well, too. Like, our D, our DBs are away, good. You're taking away a cover. You don't really want to do that. But yeah. Sean, Sean's not a great cover guy. No. He's, he's like a, a zone, He's a zone defender, yeah. defender. And if he was, that's the definition of a zone. He's just right there behind Henry. And he's just playing a little QB spy there. Uh, if Trask runs out of the pocket, then he goes wherever Trask, Trask goes. If they run a slant play, then you're standing there where that slant play is coming to. And I honestly would like to see Henry take the challenge. He's not fast. I mean, he he probably is fast enough. I'd like to see him guard Pitts a couple plays man-on-man because he's big. Pitts, I think Pitts would overpower him, though. He's so big. He's huge. But I think Henry would be our best chance man-on-man against Pitts. He, I don't think Thompson has the strength to do it. I don't think you can do, do a man-on-man against Pitts. I think you could probably cover him with every DB you have on the field and he'd catch it. Yeah, he's, he's an – I hate Pitts. Like I'm so ready for him to leave. Is this? A, is he, he's a junior, right? So he. I don't know. He's ranked in the draft, so I'm. Yeah, I'm the, guy, sure he'll the guy's be gone. not going to be here next year. Yeah, man, that's so. hype. That's hype. Um, so that's gas. That's that's so gas. Uh, so basically, <laughs> how does Tennessee win this game in your eyes? Um, little wrap up. a prayer. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, uh, yeah, it's going to take a lot. Just a. You're going to have to run the ball well. We know that we can do that. But you're going to have to throw the ball well, too, just so that they know they can't load the box up. I think a good move would be to run the ball down their throats early, and then they're going to load the box up. And when they load the box up, you can start taking shots. Um, And then they're not going to know what to cover there. Yeah. Um, Really, I would just come up and see what their defense looks like at the line and and go from there. Mm -hmm. Does it look like they're covering the pass? All right, let's hand it off. Does it look like they're going to load the box up and cover the run here? Yeah, let's throw it. Um, I kind of wouldn't even call plays there. Yeah. Um, well, I think Harrison Bailey has had two weeks to prepare because he was preparing as a starter for the Vanderbilt game and got canceled, but that preparation goes huge for him. So he's had two weeks to prepare for Florida. I I said this on Hot Takes. I think they open up the playbook a bit for Harrison just because – They have to. Yeah, they have to. Like, we cannot – I mean, we're going to try to run the ball 40 times to beat Florida, but we, we're not going to be able to. Like, let's just be honest. Florida's going to load the box. Unless we have that kid from Buffalo. Yeah. 
that eight touchdown kid. Yeah, put put Ran on the ball forty times, got four hundred yards and eight touchdowns. That's ridiculous. So we could do that. And yeah. yeah, we we could beat Florida. Sure, that way, if but. we can score seventy points, we should be able to beat. Florida. Could you imagine if we scored seventy and lost? I don't even want to talk about that. That that, that I would, would never watch this play again. Yeah, I would. Would then you could fire Jeremy Pruitt? No, you can't. How? He scored more points in that game than he scored in the entire damn season. But that's his fault. He's a defensive guy. You can and fire he, Derek Ansley. You can't fire Coach Pruitt. Well, shit. Fire them all. Clear clear their house. Don't fire Cheney. No, he, don't clear him out. That's been the problem previously. We need some. We need some security. We need some like the stability. same thing. Yeah, stability. That's the word I'm looking for. We need stability. We need to have the same guys for a little while, and it's going to suck. But that's my biggest reason for not wanting to move on from Pruitt. I know that like change is a good thing sometimes, but this is not a situation where change is that good for us. Yeah, it's really not good for us at all. We really don't need to go in any other direction for uh, for a minute. Um, I understand that we should maybe be better than we are right now. I get that, but it's questionable to me about dude. I don't know that yeah. we should just move on and 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 not have. Any stability there. Here, here's my thing. It's kind of like government, man. Like, the reason... I know that some presidents are considered to have done more than other presidents. But in all reality, nobody can do a lot to do anything positive in eight years. Yeah. Because there's a person before then that was a president for eight years or four years or whatever. So, no matter what, I think that everybody probably comes in with good ideas. But at the end of the day, like, just because they don't have enough time to change things... That's the problem. And on top of that, what you inherit is maybe not a good thing either. And it's definitely not a good thing for your for your ideas. Yeah. Um, unless it's like Bush after Reagan. Like, they were on the same page. They had the same ideas and they were doing the same things. Mm-hmm. But if you're changing from totally different people, like you go from an Obama to a Trump to a Biden, like... Everything's all mixed up, and there's no way that anybody yeah. can have success. Yeah. Well, here we had Lane Kiffin, then we had Derek Dooley, then we had Butch Jones, then we had so nothing has been able to just like solidify yeah. and be a good thing. Yeah. So it, it's it's yeah, and I really, think it's really hard to have success that way if we, you just keep changing. We went from an offensive guy to an offensive guy to an offensive guy to a defensive guy. Like we we were offense, 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 bonded head coach. Well, that was the plan, though. Yeah. That and was, then, it was on purpose. That, yeah. that was that was that was on purpose. Oh yeah, I know. But then former his first hire was a defensive coordinator. So it was a lot to get used to for the guys who have been here since Butch Jones first got hired, because Butch was offense, offense, offense. Like, yeah, obviously we had an okay, pretty good defense on athletically wise. I mean, really they just made plays. He recruited them and they just made plays. Bob Shoup had a pretty good system, but I mean as a whole it was an offensive team. Like, that's how we won games. We would outscore people, especially in 2012 when we had Dooley. We would just outscore people for all the five games we won. We just outscored them. But um, the only way – That's wa- a good way to win. Yeah. Score more points than them. I mean, yeah, but we didn't, we couldn't stop nobody. We couldn't stop a nosebleed. Um, the only way you fire Pruitt here is – I said this on the hot takes. You have to have the deal ready with Hugh Freeze behind closed doors. You cannot fire Pruitt with the money that we have – and go to Hugh Freeze and ask him then. Now, if you if behind closed doors you get it cleared with the SEC, you, there's no sanctions on the way. There's no there's nothing that's going to mess it up the program or anything like that. And you when you write up the 
contract, you have a, a morality clause where if he does anything like that wrong, we can fire him without having to pay him. Well, uh, you can. Yeah. I mean, that you don't have to have a morality clause to do that. That's firing with cause. And if you fire somebody with cause, then you don't have to pay him. Well, the firing with cause for Butch Jones should have been that we sucked. Well, that's we not cause. Yeah, I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, yeah, that would be the only way in my eyes that we could ever even look to firing Pruitt. Yeah. If we ha- you have to have that deal, though, done behind closed doors. Like, it can't leave the media either, or else that looks real sloppy if we're hiring a coach while this, this current kinda head coach. Like, kind of like um, Will Muschamp last year. South Carolina goes to Florida State and says, hey, so – we just wanted to ask, how did you how did you pay for firing your head coach? And then they told people, and then they were like, uh, and then they don't make a move. That's and first awkward. of all, if I'm if I'm Will Muschamp, I'm gonna go to them and be like, hey, I just wanted to let you guys know, fuck you, yeah, fuck your belt, I don't give a fuck, fire my ass right now, give me my money, I'm I'm deuces, I'm out. Yep. Yeah, I mean, simple. Um, but we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we'll be picking them. The Down and Dirty Podcast is brought to you exclusively by Hot Takes. Tune in to our podcast at Hot Takes on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and many others. And find us on Twitter at Hot Takes 98. Check us out. We are back with Down and Dirty, your favorite part of the show, our favorite part of the show the best part of the show picking them um i've actually never beat josh yet we've tied and i've lost but hopefully this week's a different week um if if the ravens win today on the primetime game of 330 on a wednesday uh then i will be right but you know that stranger things have happened uh first game number five a&m taking a trip to auburn uh 12 o'clock espn a&m's a seven point favorite but fbi gives auburn the 53 percent chance to win Josh, who do you got and why? I think that Texas A&M, despite coming off of a uh, tough game against LSU and not being very successful in it, I think that they're still a really good football team, and I think that they get the win here without skipping a beat. Came in that high lotter. Absolutely. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Bad throw there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take A&M, too. Uh, I... Auburn's coming off a whomping. Like, they just got beat bad by Alabama. It was just an ugly loss. I mean, obviously it was Alabama. We all expected it. But the way it happened was very ugly. So I'm also going to take A&M. And uh, moving on to number two, Arkansas at Missouri. Uh, we both agree this is probably the game of the week in the SEC as far as uh, competitiveness. But um, it's 12 o'clock, SEC Network. Uh, Mizzou has a three is a three point favorite, sixty percent chance for Mizzou for the FBI. Josh, who do you got? Um, I think that Arkansas altogether is playing better than Mizzou. I know that Mizzou won forty one nothing against uh, Vanderbilt last week, but altogether as a team, I think Arkansas is the better team, and I think they win this football game. Um, I'm gonna have some diversity here, but that's the best part about our. Opinions. We usually pick pretty different on our picks. Um, I'm going to take Missouri by uh, a blowout. I think Missouri has a great uh, game plan going into this game. Arkansas hasn't played since the heartbreaker against LSU, and I think that's the difference there is momentum. Um, 
number three or third game we're going to pick, uh, number 15, Oklahoma State travels to TCU to play the Horned Frogs at noon on ESPN2. Oklahoma State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but the weird-ass FPI gives TCU a 54% chance to win. Who do you got and why, Josh? TCU is good, but Oklahoma State wins because mullet. That's all. Mullet. Go Pokes. Yeah, uh, I'm going with the Pokes, too. Uh, Chuba, I'm going to say his name right finally. Chuba Hubbard has a great day on the ground and wins them the game. Uh Backup quarterback is going to make his debut for Indiana when they travel to Wisconsin to play at 3.30 on ABC. Wisconsin is a 14-point favorite and has an 84% chance to win, according to FPI. I'm going to go first on this one because why not? I'm going to take Wisconsin only because Indiana's backup quarterback. If Indiana has Michael Penix Jr., it's a completely different story. I think their offense struggles. But, um, yeah, that's, I'm going to start with the FPI on this one. Indiana has one of the best defenses in the country and definitely the best in the Big Ten. They held, uh, or they they really disrupted Justin Fields and gave him probably the biggest challenge of anybody in his career. Um, with that being said, I think that this is probably going to be a defensive battle. And if it is that, then I definitely would prefer taking Indiana. And I would absolutely, if you're a gambler, take Indiana plus 14. I don't think there's any way that Wisconsin beats them by more than 14 points. So, definitely take them plus 14. All right. Um, West Virginia at Iowa State. Iowa State's number nine and leading a Big 12 favorite right now, among most people thinking. Uh, 3.30 on ESPN. Iowa State's a seven-point favorite. FPI gives them a 65% chance to win. Josh, who do you have and why? I got Iowa State all day. I think they, like I said on hot takes, they have a chance to go to um, the college football playoff. They have a chance to go win a Big 12 championship for the first time since the 1920s. Yeah. Um, so it's like the Cubs, man. So it's about time something goes well for them. Matt Campbell's doing a great job there. I think that they're very successful and um, that they can certainly win this game. Uh, they have some big wins on the season. They you know, they beat Texas last week. They um, upset Oklahoma earlier in the year. They beat Kansas State, who they were definitely not supposed to beat, but they did. And uh, Kansas State also beat Oklahoma earlier in the year. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to go with Iowa State here. I think they're really good. Yeah, uh, I'm also going to go with Iowa State. I think they're our favorites to win the Big 12. And they've been playing really good football as a complete whole unit. They run the ball very well. They know what they want to do offensively, and they do it well. Defensively, they execute. And uh, I like them coming off a big win against Texas. So, um, speaking of Texas, they're traveling to Kansas State at 12 o'clock on Fox. Uh, Texas is a seven-point favorite with a 76.7% chance to win, according to the FBI. Uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to take Kansas State in a bit of an upset. Um, I think Texas is kind of demoralized after that loss against Tech, uh, Iowa State. They're kind of like, well, what the hell just happened? Um, I'm going to take them. I'm going to take Kansas State to kind of pull uh, upset. Where would we be without diversity? Paul, 
I respect you as a person, but not as a picker. You're damn wrong. Texas is gonna beat the dog shit out of Kansas State. We shall see. And uh, if you're, I'm just kidding. I don't think they're gonna blow them out, but I think Kansas, Texas wins. Okay. They're both really good football teams, and I'm taking Texas for sure. Yeah. And if you're a better, uh, I would now vote for Texas because whoever I pick in a Texas game usually loses. I wouldn't be shocked if the basketball team wins today because I picked them to lose. Uh, the most anticipated. What's the score of that, by the way? 10 to, 15, 10 to 15, North Carolina's winning with 10 minutes left in the first half. Very low-scoring game. That's weird. Uh, Florida at Tennessee. We welcome the gay turds to – well, we don't welcome them. They're just – they have to be here once every two years. Uh, in Knoxville, uh, 3.30 on CBS. Uh, we don't know if we have to listen to Gary or not, but as of right now, I've read that, that we, we do. don't. I would assume that we do I, I would it assume. is the marquee game. That's just typically how it works, but – Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I not. hope not. Hope not. Uh, if I turn the game on and Gary Danielson's on there, like they do the opening thing and Gary Danielson's on there, I'm muting it immediately. Dang. I, I want to watch it with sound, though. I want to... We can find something else, like some other way to have sound here, Paul. I like, I like him. You know, we could just announce it ourselves. I'm down with that. <laughs> just make it completely anti-Florida. We'll... we'll well, come here and listen at 3.30. We'll be live. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, Josh, I'm going to go last. Who do you got? Because of you, I have picked Tennessee on hot takes. I'm sticking with that because I'm a loyal man. Um, I don't know why. I really don't. Shit. Paul's throwing microphones across the room. <laughs> listen, I'm sorry I pissed you off. I, I'm sorry. I know you want Florida to win here. I, but you don't have to microphones, man. I, I bought those. They're expensive. Don't do that. No. Um, Hold on. It is 22 to 15 now. Texas is up. They just man. scored 12 points in a minute. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, I don't know why, but I, I guess just kind of have a feeling. I think Tennessee can win it. Um, there's no question about that. I just don't know if we will. We get to see Harrison Bailey, so I'm excited about that win, lose, or draw. And uh, hopefully it's win. Yeah, and with Harrison Bailey starting, it gives me a reason to want to watch it. Like, I was going to watch it regardless just because I'm, like, that just damn obsessed with Tennessee football. But this gives me a reason to, like, be – like, I'm excited to watch the game Saturday just to see how we play with Harrison under center. So I'm going to take Tennessee in a high-scoring close one. Um, I don't see how it could be a defensive game because Florida doesn't have a defense – um, I could see our defense well, having a good game. I could see how it could be a defensive game if we stop them on defense. Or when we're on defense, if we stop them, and then we just don't have an offense like normal, then that would be a defensive game. Yeah. In the in as far as the term goes, because the, what the term really means is nobody's scoring points. Doesn't mean anybody's defense is actually playing that well. So it could be a defensive game. Maybe think, I'm taking Tennessee five to two. Hell <laughs> I'm yeah! Just kidding. I'll drink to that. Dude, if we hold, dude, could you imagine if we're the only team in the country to hold Kyle Trask to zero touchdowns? If we beat Florida five to two tomorrow, it has to be five to two Saturday or Saturday. If we beat them five to two on Saturday, I will streak. I don't know where. I don't know. Oh, in Knoxville, it's there's no question. Somewhere, yeah, I'll take my clothes off and run around. But it has to be five to two. Come on, please win five. You want to see me naked? Is that what you're getting? I just want to see you. That'd be funny. That would be hilarious. That'd be that'd be a moment we would remember for the rest of our life. Just a little bit. (laughs) 
Just moonwalk just a bit. All right. Okay. I'm getting made fun of now. This no, is... you're not. I'm telling you, you need to calm down with the whole, I want to see that thing like that. Damn, dude. That's a little gross. I just think it would be hilarious. That's why you streak to, to be funny. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting, but it's funny. It's like when you throw up when you're drunk. It's funny, but, I mean, it's disgusting. Anyways. Okay. Uh, we guys, we, we guys, <laughs> we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And Speak for yourself. Okay. I hate all of you. No, I'm just I kidding. hope. I only like you if you listen to hot takes. Everybody else, I hate you. Yeah. I really do. Or down and dirty. And I'm a funny guy. Go listen to me. I'm funny as hell. Yeah. We've, we we were talking hear, about this earlier. Did you hear Paul laughing just a minute ago about the, the Butch, when I called <laughs> Butch Jones Dormity. son of a bitch? <laughs> it was really funny. It yeah. made me laugh, too. Go enjoy I'm it. I'm funny as hell, man. Go yeah. listen to my damn show. Do it, or else. I can't do anything to you because I don't know who's not doing it, but do it. You guys have a great rest of your week, and this is Josh Sauls and Paul Leatherman signing off. Thanks, guys. Go Vols.